0: You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 32 of the DCAU Review. Uh, I'm your co-host, Liam. With me, as always, is Cal. Cal, we got a big, exciting episode today, tying in with a certain movie. Which is coming out next weekend?
0: It's almost like we did it on purpose. Hmm. Are we, we that clever? Uh, we, like we planned it. Actually, pulling back the curtain, so to speak, we we did it, we we did look at this and like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did an Aquaman episode the week or the week before the Aquaman movie was yes. released? And we said, yes, yeah, so let's plan on doing that. And uh, we were originally going to do the Superman episode. Uh, but then it just so happened that the whole comfort behind vote for Secret Origins came about, and yep. the third episode of Justice League had, just happens to be an Aquaman episode uh, entitled The Enemy Below. Parts- what are the chances? Parts one and two. I know. What are, what are the chances? It worked out that way. Um, but yeah, it's an, I'm excited to talk about this episode today. I was I was pleasantly surprised with the way that this episode turned out. Yeah, and we've kind of mentioned this in passing. Um, season 1 of Justice League, I feel like at least the first
1: half of it maybe doesn't have a great reputation amongst fans. And there's some stuff in there, and certainly when we get to some of the episodes like Legends down the line or Injustice for All, there's some there's definitely fun to be had, but it uh, cert- has a certain reputation. So getting into these early episodes, and obviously last week we didn't didn't, l- didn't hate in Blackest Night but we weren't a giant we weren't giant fans of it either Right. so having a, coming into this episode obviously we remembered it was an Aquaman episode Uh remember we were going to see Deadshot and some You know, we get to see the, the, the whole city of Atlantis you get introduced to Orm who of course in the comics becomes the Ocean Master mm-hmm. which we are robbed of we never get to see <laughs> DCAU Ocean Master with the big starfish on his face or, uh, un- or sea urchin whatever it unfair. is unfair yeah, but, uh, but getting uh, jumping right in the plot here, uh, really a pretty strong episode. Um, you have some sort of Shakespearean, Hamlet-type stuff with the king's brother sort of conspiring against him and trying to kill him, trying to take his wife, trying to kill his own son as well. You're so cerebral, Liam, honestly. You made, you made that connection, and I was just like
0: oh, yeah, I guess it is like that.
1: <laughs> and then I, I, you got it when I said it's like The Lion King. Right? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of
0: course, yes. yes very much um, like The Lion King.
1: <laughs> not sure which one came first, but uh, either way. no. But the, you, So you have that sort of subplot. You have the sort of overarching subplot of the the distrust between... The
0: Atlanteans and the surface dwellers, right? And which yeah. actually gets played out. We didn't. We haven't reviewed it yet, um, but it that is played out a little bit in the Superman, uh, the animated series episode that yes. features Aquaman. Um, He's it was it was they decided, it, despite the fact that. You know, artistically, he looks like the 80s Aquaman with the orange shirt in that episode um, and the short hair. Um, He's very much portrayed like the 90s version of the Aquaman, who they sort of reinvented him as a character. They did a great job of making him more of, uh, you know, less of the butt of a joke and more like a a He-Man-esque, like a a barbarian type. He's a warrior king. Right. Right, he's not he's not the laughing stock of the guy who's who's talking to seahorses. He's uh, you know, he's a rough and tough guy who's a king of king of Atlantis who doesn't has a had uh, distaste for for the people that are above the surface that pollute the ocean and yes. and such so. Um, yeah, it, we didn't. Like I said, we didn't cover that episode specifically, but that incarnation continues in in this yes. uh, in in the Justice. League. Yes, he's
1: grown his hair out and he has a beard now, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's still it's still it's still the same old Aquaman. Yep. Um, and yes, yeah, so you have that sort of the central conflict, and specifically John Stewart, the Green Lantern, is very like oh, pro <laughs> pro America, pro like. You know, we can't trust this guy. This guy's, attacking, <laughs> this guy's attacking a nuclear sub. We gotta... You know, so you sort of have these different temper... And you have sort of Superman and Wonder Woman and, uh, you know, a few others sort of trying to play Peacemaker in the middle of it. And then in the middle of it, it's revealed eventually, you know, Orm pays Deadshot to try to assassinate Aquaman while he's on the surface world to portray it as, you know, the world governments took out the Atlantean king so that Orm may now declare war on the surface world.
0: And as we know, never ever would a government frame something to make it look like another government was no. evil in order to start a war for something. No,
1: they wouldn't try to kill someone, <laughs> uh,
0: you know, <laughs> or start really? a war under false pretenses. Right. That doesn't happen.
1: No, that's that's you know, you got to suspend your disbelief. <laughs> when, so you watch, when you watch superhero cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so there's uh, you know a little more real world creeping into our uh, our old our old cartoons here, but. Yeah, overall, I thought the plot here is really strong. It's focused. It is. It's very epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned off the air that the 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 way the Atlanteans choose to attack the Earth is a little uh, super frenzy.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd say that's you know oh we're gonna melt the polar ice caps <laughs> and it's going to flood the world. Yeah, like, eh, that's a little diabolical, I guess. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I thought about it and they're like, oh, well, what if they just invaded invaded the world? But then you're so close to Secret Origins at that point yeah. Um, where you don't want to just get in the habit of being a copy and paste. Oh, the Justice League has to defend America and the world against... The XYZ the, you know, invader of the week. Um right. so, so yeah, Tim i I get why they did it a little differently. They didn't just want to make it a, an invasion storyline part, you know, part four.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
0: Um so yeah, I went ahead and I gave plot seven out of ten. Like I said,
1: I think it's good. it's good. It's it's very good. There's certain sequences as Orm starts to take over and the the, the Atlantean soldiers turn against Aquaman. Mhm again as as i mentioned very shakespearean the scene as as we'll get to certainly in visuals of uh, of you know he tries to kill aquaman and aquaman's infant son maybe <laughs> and uh you know there's also some stuff with mira where she has to save the justice league who's been captured um so there's a lot they pack a lot into it but i felt like unlike last week's episode they used their time wisely and they, it doesn't feel so bloated the way maybe last week's did.
0: Agreed. I, I, I think, I think that's, uh, that is a fair, fair assessment. I think that. Um, they focused the the cliffhanger of this week's episode so if you break it into two episodes the cliffhanger for part one is simply that orm's taken over and that you know aquaman's no longer going to be in charge so they, it wasn't much of a it wasn't a surprise it right. wasn't wasn't oh what's gonna what's gonna happen i mean you still are left with okay so what's gonna happen but it wasn't like a <gasps> shocking end to it which serve the episode much better because if they had if they had left it kind of ambiguous through the first first part of the episode that Orm was the person that was trying to take over, that was very clear very early on that Orm is sneaky, he's trying to take over, he's trying to subvert Aquaman and yeah. he does so at the end of part one and then you're left with part two, okay, how's Aquaman gonna get back in charge? Yep. Um and how are the how are the heroes how are the heroes of the show going to uh, going to to make it happen, um, so I, I think you're right. I think they did a great job of use of their time. I think that the the scenes, uh, the battle scenes, all feel very uh, important and valid. Yes. Uh, to the story. It's not this. Oh, we needed to add an action scene, so here's an action scene uh, like there may have been in last week's episode. Um, I think I think it works very well, and I think uh, if anything, I, I think the resolution at the end um you know there's still some tension they got the tensions between earth uh, you know yes. the earth uh, the surface dwellers and the atlanteans really isn't solved um other than you know aquaman sort of you know realizing that they weren't responsible for trying to kill him um <laughs> but you know there's still some tensions that are left on un, unsettled so um yeah you, you know uh, that could have been resolved but it, that's that's kind of nitpicky. So my uh, my score for plot was a very different 8 out of 10. Ooh, all right. Um, so pretty high for that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving right
1: along to music here. Yeah. Um, you remarked before we went on the air here that this was probably the strongest episode for music so far.
0: I would agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... That... I, I mean, not that that was hard. <laughs> um, I, you know, like, like we talked about in, in the, the first episode we covered in Secret Origins, it was... Very different than what we were used to. Yeah, and there were some. There was the final scene that included included a song. You know, uh, that was our theme. That was that was okay, mm-hmm. um, but it was kind of forgettable. Otherwise, and then last week's episode very forgettable also. Um, this week, I think the action scenes are punctuated very well. Um, the chase scene. With uh, with Deadshot, the reveal of Deadshot, and then the chase ensuing chase scene that happens afterwards, um, the music is fantastic. Absolutely. And we talked about it. We've talked about it several times that they do chase scenes very well. Mm-hmm. The music with chase scenes, or something involving vehicles being chased, or 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 something like that, it always it's a very frantic pace. Yeah, the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's done done super well. I think that scene was uh, was great. I think the scene, um, the scene, of course, the scene with with Aquaman. Uh, we mentioned already once, but the, the Aquaman death scene, basically, where you know. It, Orm's gonna kill him, Aquaman and his son. Yes. Um. The the music that accompanies that also very frantic. You can feel the tension building in it, and mm-hmm. he's getting to the point. He's trying to escape, and he's min, you know minutes away from death, and watching his son be crushed or burned alive. Yeah. And he's trying. He's frantic. He's trying to get free. So the music just adds to the tension. Then even the music in the in the last scene in the battle between Orm and, and Aquaman, there's a there's a choir effect to it. There's some voice yes. vocals in there um, that that. Add some tension to it and some some uh, real depth to it, but uh, yeah. So for this reason, I gave music a ten out of ten. Wow! Yeah, it's it is great in this episode. Um, I think that it it there, it's funny because it in animated series Batman the animated series we've we've talked a lot about themes and yes. and how important they are. And this episode didn't use a theme. It wasn't one theme that continued throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so good. I think it punctuated the scenes the way it needed to, and it was uh it very very maybe not like memorable. You're not gonna be humming it like you would <laughs> like you would the last laugh. Sure, but uh, but
1: still very good. What about you? Yeah, I went seven out of ten. I think it's really good, really strong. Um, but that lack of I thought there was a few moments. Uh, there's a moment where because Batman's not involved with the league at the start of the episode, he sort of makes his. Presence known uh, after Aquaman's taken to the hospital, he sort of walks out of the shadows very dramatically. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for the Batman theme, and we don't get it. Yeah. And there's a scene later when Deadshot is being chased. He's gone. He's driving a motorcycle through the sewers, and he gets away from Wonder Woman, gets away from Martian Manhunter, gets away from Batman. He gets back up to uh, you know surface level. He gets in a car and pulls away. And finally, Superman, who's been incapacitated for like five minutes because he got electrocuted. <laughs> uh shows up to like to stop him and he does he you know heat vision's deadshot's tire and the and the truck spins out and and so superman and superman reaches into the car and grabs deadshot uh by his shirt and I was mm-hmm. like that there I'm just waiting for the superman theme yeah and it doesn't come I hear you so that to me it hurts just a little bit but mm-hmm. obviously
0: still with 7 out of 10 still very good very strong yeah I, I agree we and we didn't even talk about it in the plot of what what a wuss Superman is, man. Yeah. It's it's rough. And I it's I know they rectify it later. We have the benefit <laughs> of of knowing that they rectify it later. There's some some great Superman. And I get it because it's kind of a crutch of like, "Whoa,
1: if these weapons are so tough that they can hurt Superman like that, these guys must be really bad news." Like I get it. I I yeah, I think it comes
0: a crutch. I think it's that plus if Superman can do this by himself, why do they need a Justice League? Yeah. So you have to make it, you know, you got to bring in some other other people. Oh, well, Superman's incapacitated, but oh, it's okay. You know, here comes Martian Manhunter. Right. So it, it, I, I get it. Like, it's not the Superman show, but he's... Almost useless in this yes. episode they
1: find they find a better balance,
0: yeah um, I think as as the show goes
1: on, certainly agree, um, moving on to visuals, uh, another really strong episode, I thought for visuals, here. yeah, I agree um from the opening scene, which that's sort of a, a stormy night, and you the opening shot is of the ocean, you see the waves crashing lightning uh, lightning, rain, uh, the javelin flies down from space, goes under the water. And then you have sort of this this fight scene with the Atlanteans versus the Justice League. Um, so you have that. You have the as we've already mentioned the chase scene with Deadshot to sort of end part one, and then part two where where it's mostly just Aquaman and the Justice League fighting the Atlanteans again. You have a, a tremendous shot. Whereas as we mentioned, this is sort of a different type of Aquaman, more of the the warrior. But he does have a moment where he's sort of being surrounded by. Uh, Atlantean soldiers and a big old whale jumps out (laughs) of the water and smashes back, splashes back down and kind of creates a big wave that knocks a bunch of the soldiers away. And that was awesome.
0: Yeah, that was a great nod to, like you said, to the, it's a nod to the 80s Aquaman. He controls fish, um, but he did it in such a cool Badass way, yes. Um, that it's, yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, and then he rides the whale down to uh, to the
1: to find where Orm is is uh stow, stow, stowed away with the uh, with the Doomsday device. So that was a really cool moment. Uh, Green Lantern gets a cool. We mentioned last week his visuals aren't quite as interesting. He does some cool stuff in here. I liked seeing the way there's a scene where he goes to investigate the nuclear sub and he's kind of in stealth mode mm-hmm. um which is kind of funny because he's a giant glowing <laughs> green man but like he like uh, like spider-man's he like attaches himself to a an atlantean ship and uh-huh. then he's like using his ring like a flashlight and he's sort of going through the ship and some of the just some of the, the way he like sort of cuts a couple of the, sh- the atlantean ships in half mm-hmm and then at the end he sort of just puts like a protective code around Batman while Batman goes inside this Doomsday device to disarm it. But I thought I thought Green Lantern uh, was cool and that also added to, you know, him and Aquaman sort of having to team up a little bit at the end after they'd had their attention earlier, sure. which maybe goes more into plot. But yeah, overall I thought visuals were really strong. I went eight out of ten here. I thought they were really, really good for the most part.
0: Yeah, I um uh, shockingly agree. Um, I thought visuals were very strong in this episode I think um, you know all those things that you mentioned are, are great uh, there were a couple cool nods also to maybe some from ga- galaxies far far away um, you know you had another back to tank like uh, yes. device that Batman brings in uh, filled with saline water uh, to, to restore Aquaman to health after dead shot attacks Um you had the introduction of the Deadshot character, uh, who's a classic visual DC Comics uh, villain. Like when you when you see him, you know what he looks mm-hmm. like. He's got the he's got the scope uh, attached to his face. He's got mm-hmm. the gray hood, um, and visually, he usually has a little bit of yellow. They didn't include as much yellow or any yellow, I think, in this this version. Yeah, it's pretty much just red and silver. Red and silver, which is okay. It, it yeah. works perfectly. He's definitely recognizable. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, the amount of things that they had to animate in this episode, a lot of underwater stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of hashtag hair movement, yes, a lot of hashtag cape movement. Um, you know, I, I think I think they did did a great job in doing so. There were some really cool shots. You know, one of the one of the shots were in the chase scene actually uh, where. Batman is on the on the roof and he shoots a grappling hook at, uh to to begin the chase and looks really cool. That whole scene was animated really well too. Uh, yeah, chasing chasing him through the sewer on a bike and uh, Wonder Woman smashes the ground and the ground begins to crumble. Uh, you know, around him as he's speeding through the yeah, sewer sort of creates a cave in in the sewers around Deadshot. So such a good visual. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think visuals were very very strong. Um, not a fan of Aquaman's mullet. I think Aww. that that brought it down a, a, a tad. Um, you can give him long hair without giving him a <laughs> mullet. That's what I didn't understand. And, like you can give him long hair without being a mullet. But anyway, I digress. But I gave uh, I gave animation an eight out of ten in this in this episode.
1: Oh, very good. And uh, now moving right along to our final category, that being voice acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guest stars again this week. Mm-hmm. Um, not much uh, in their way of uh t- trivia for <laughs> for them, unfortunately. They did.
0: what what did you say? it's bad it's a bad sign when you look up their IMDB page and it's they're most known for playing on Justice yes. League or or <laughs> yes. the DCAU cartoon. Or at the very least there isn't an,
1: an instantly recognizable uh, you know also known for acting sure. role or sure, sure. known as like woman in fifty first days or something. <laughs> um, as, as Kristen Bauer as Mira was. Uh she played woman in Fifty First Days. Nice. But anyway, uh yeah, Chris Kristen Bauer plays Mira, who I think she's since I mentioned her, we might as well start with her. She she does a fine job. It's it's a little different. We talked about this again off the air. If you're a little more familiar with the current uh comics She's a badass mm-hmm. and she's, uh, you know, as good, maybe as good of a fighter as Aquaman himself is mm-hmm. and is very much, you know, his equal mm-hmm. versus here where she's a little bit more of just like the, you know, the understanding, loving wife who then sort of has to cower in fear from Orm when he takes over. Right. So that characterization is a little a little jarring, maybe if you're familiar with the more modern version. If like us you're excited to see Amber Heard player in Aquaman Absolutely. in the live action movie. Um, so but I thought for what they asked of her, I thought she did a fine job. We do have Scott Rummel as Aquaman, different voice actor than played him in Superman. Um, you you had an interesting take because he's he is a bit monotone, mm-hmm. but maybe that works to his advantage because he's playing sort of the uptight uh, Warrior King, does, do you think that maybe yeah. actually helped that he didn't have? He wasn't so Saturday morning cartoon over
0: the top, right? You remember his voice, in I remember his voice in Super Friends. Like I can hear it thinking about it, mm-hmm. and it's um, you know it it was a little goofy, um, you know. Again, yeah, it, it is monotone, and I think. I think that could be det- could have been detrimental to the character because he's so monotone, but he's also just, he's made out to be this warrior, this guy who has, he's cold. Like, there is, yeah. he does get a little opportunity to show a little emotion when he's talking to Mira in the one scene about whether or not he's creating the right kingdom that his son will inherit. Yes. Um, but he's not, he doesn't he doesn't need to show a lot of emotion. Like his emotion that he needs to show is that he's tough and that he's determined. And through that, he, it just comes off as he's a strong, strong guy. Um, I think it matches well. Also, they, they matched him well with the guy that did Orm's voice, um, Richard green, Richard green. And they have a very, they're supposed to be related, obviously. Yes. Um, they have a very similar cadence. They have a similar way of delivering things. And I think they interact very well together. The, the, the conversations that they have, the back and forth, um, I think it's—I think it works really well. It, it could have—I think—if he was a different character, then it could have been worse. It could have been a, a negative, I should say. That's fair, but uh, I think it—I think it does work for him.
1: Yeah, no, I—I—I th- I, I, I would tend to agree with that. I think he's, again, he's he, as you mentioned, he kind of has the weight of the world on his shoulders mm-hmm. because he's sort of torn between—he's not necessarily courting open war the way orm is or his general is but he's also not he hasn't taken it off the table either right and so kind trying to portray the the strong leader who's sort of having doubts about himself that's that's tough to do especially in a 22 or 44 minute in this case children's cartoon yeah but but i thought uh scott rummel uh did a did a pretty good job and we also had Xander
0: Berkeley as general Brack who Mm-mm. is maybe most
1: famously a character on The Walking Dead
0: yeah he plays he plays one of the leaders uh, I forget what his name is on on the Walking Dead Gregory I Gregory I yeah, yeah Gregory um, who's like the, a cowardly leader of um, one of the settlements that refuses to kind of stand up to the evil villain Negan so mm. um, he's you know He's he's fine. Like he doesn't. They don't ask a lot of him, and he has very few lines yeah. in this. Um, but yeah, you know, he's he's he sort of introduces the character. That's uh, you know, he's telling Aquaman that it's right to go to war, and he's hungry for war, and then decides to side with Orm. And then at the end, he, yes. he he tries to back out and say yes. that he was forced. To, so he plays sort of a cowardly character. Which yes, is, and uh, uh, yeah, it was
1: and, also worth just mentioning because he had he has had several other DC uh, voice acting roles. Played Captain Mar or Captain Adam, I should say, in the uh, Superman Batman Public Enemies movie, Love that which movie. we will almost definitely be reviewing somewhere down the line. Especially, be especially with the DCAU voice cast returning for that, absolutely uh, for that film. But as well as he did some voices on Brave and the Bold and mm-hmm. and the Batman as well. So certainly a DC animation uh, veteran, as we mentioned uh, last week with some of our cast there. So. Yeah, overall, I thought voice acting is is really very strong here. Um, main as far as main cast goes, well, it's funny. Speaking of main cast, Michael Rosenbaum is in this episode, <laughs> but the Flash isn't. No,
0: yeah, they made the interesting choice of casting him as Deadshot. Yeah, and he
1: sort of he's sort of doing it's a little like Lex Luthor from Smallville, mm-hmm. a little and it's a little just like a little very dry, like. Right, it's a little, like,
0: ca- kind like California, yeah. like, yeah, it's it's a weird, it's weird. I, I think it works, though. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't immediately go, like, oh, it's the Flash. Like, it's, right. it's, he does a good job of interpreting it as a different character.
1: Yeah, and that's always tough. I mean, we always think of, you know, on Leather Wings, when the first voice you hear is Kevin Conroy playing the cop, mm-hmm. and it's so obviously Kevin Conroy mm-hmm. that it kind of takes you out of that moment. Yep. That never really happens with Deadshot. Obviously, later on, there's uh, you know, the, the Task Force X episode where he comes back and plays Deadshot again and mm-hmm. again. It's a yeah, it's different enough, and that I think goes to Michael's talent as an actor. Yeah, um, please adopt me <laughs> um, <laughs> as an actor. But uh, yeah, as far as the main cast. Uh, got Kevin Conroy back as Batman this week. He, it was good to have him back.
0: Yeah, it's just always it's nice he to plays, have him back. He plays and he plays a supporting role too. He's not the focus of the episode. Correct. He's still in the background. He's a little bit in part 1, uh, about the second half comes about halfway through the part 1, disappears a little bit more, That comes back again for the for the for the very end of episode Correct. 2. Correct. And we're, and we're still kind of waiting and
1: obviously we have a few episodes coming up where she is. One woman doesn't have a lot, a uh, lot to say or a lot to do here, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of itching to see Susan Eisenberg get to kind of stretch her legs a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And certainly, once we get to like Paradise Lost and some of those episodes down the line, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say about her. But yeah, overall, my uh, my voice acting score is another strong seven out of ten here. Nice. I thought they're really overall the voice uh, the guest cast. Is strong, and I thought the main cast, as well as, you know, we didn't mention him, but Phil Lamar as Green Lantern, kind of having the back and forth with Aquaman, mm-hmm. I thought was really, really good as well. So it just felt like everybody was kind of, everyone was good. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree.
0: My uh, my voice acting score also, seven out of ten.
1: Shocking. <laughs> just as a uh, an aside here, behind the scenes, we don't, we've made the decision, we no longer tell each other <laughs> what our scores are yep. before we record. And so when we have a score that's exactly the same, we can do it independently right? we swear
0: (laughs) we swear exactly
1: alright well I guess that would start to wrap us up here but wait a second that's
0: right that's the bonus sound Liam which means uh, I don't
1: have a bonus point this week so it it
0: must mean it is me I do have a bonus point Uh, my bonus point is for and we mentioned it twice when we were talking uh, before, but just the scene has—I I felt it felt it necessary to give a bonus point to, to it. But the scene uh, with Aquaman uh, near death with his son and oh, oh Orm gosh, is done so incredibly well. Um, we talked about the tension. We talked about the tension that the music adds. We talked about the the stakes that are very, uh, very high there. And my first thought initially was, oh, "It's so so super villain of him of Orm to." <laughs> Uh, Not just kill him there where he sits, but to, you know, chop a a rock in half and cause it to to head towards (laughs) this underground volcano lava. Yes. It's like you're just asking for a guy to escape. But at the same time, if you think about it within the context of the story, Orm clearly despises his brother. And is getting joy out of the fact he also could have stabbed the baby right in the face. Yes, but they he, kind of hint that right. He pulls the out the, the knife, and you're like, "Oh god, he's going to stab the baby in the face!" <laughs> but he, you know, he he hooks the baby to the rock essentially using the knife, and uh, so he, you know, he was getting joy out of seeing not only Aquaman plummet to his death, but to also to force him to watch his son also either be crushed by this rock or burned alive or both. Um, and the tension that builds and builds and builds and he's frantic and he gets his one arm free and then you know he's pulling on the other one he can't he can't get the other one free and then he pulls out you know he pulls out his uh his belt buckle his aquaman belt buckle big uh yeah you think he bought that on the surface (laughs) like he went up there a novelty aquaman belt buckle but he pulls it out and he's chopped you know he's he's hammering away at the at the chain it's not working and then you you see him look at it you look at his hand they Cut to his hand. They he pulls the the belt buckle back, and then they cut just as he's bringing it down, and it's yeah. Uh, it that, and I mean even even there's right right as soon as Orm leaves, he kind of lets out this scream at, uh, at him yes. uh, of Orm. It's very or uh, the uh, Star Trek con yeah. moment. Yeah, yes, it's, it's really really good. that scene man really really good and then uh, even even the couple minutes afterwards where he shows up in uh you know back in atlantis and his arm is wrapped up and yes. the reveal that he's gonna gonna have his uh his uh his 90s hook yes added to a him. little
1: more empire strikes back as well in the scene where he's getting his hook attached yes see the the robot or the or sorry not the robot the uh in the movie empire is the robot uh, the sort of atlantean I guess technician or whatever sort of welding his his, his hook. hook onto his uh his wrist there. there's uh, a few more little empire strikes back moments and uh yeah, but overall that scene i mean and the reason we didn't go into uh you know specifics in the other categories was because it so beautifully ties it all together, yeah, there's great music, there's great lighting effect, there's great you know the background is is interesting the lot you know the lava the light coming off of the lava the shadows on his face the way you know the the expressions on his face the the close up of the baby crying the sound you know the the sound of the crying baby mm-hmm. as you hear him exerting trying to pull his you know his other arm free it's just all wrapped up so perfectly yeah. and it's all those little extra bits that we talk about so often on that what made these shows so special is that extra little effort put in? Those extra few little details put in that really make this just—it's so memorable—and it's really it's, it's—it's like it'll stick with me for for a very long time.
0: Yeah, I was excited. I I remember. I mean, I I remember thinking that that scene was pretty awesome when we saw it the first time, but th- it really stuck out this yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. It was really good. Um, so got got an extra bonus point for that. So uh, that brings up with the bonus point, Liam. That brings up my total score for this episode. 34 out of 40. Wow. That's pretty uh, pretty high. Definitely your highest Justice League so far. Absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the same ballpark. 29 out of 40 for me. Okay. Really strong. Yeah. Um, definitely, as far as rewatchability goes, definitely recommend oh, it. Oh, yeah. It definitely. Um, just because as much, and again, this isn't so much building any of our regular Justice Leaguers, so much as it is just building the larger world. Absolutely. You know, Aquaman obviously comes back in Season 2. He's back in Justice League Unlimited. But it's just more of that world, establishing even more, even though, again, some of these characters like Green Lanterns or Aquaman, who we did meet before in the Superman animated series, really just giving them some more depth, and then also throwing in, you know, the villain, the assassin didn't have to be Deadshot. Right. It could have been nameless, you know, guy with a missile launcher, but the fact that it is Deadshot... It just makes it a little bit cooler for nerds like us. It is. It's super cool. All right. Well, I guess we're going to start to wrap up here. As we're wrapping up here, we want to invite everybody to make sure you're looking at DCAUReview.com every week. That's where every Saturday morning, most Saturday mornings at least, at 10 a.m. 9 Central. Correct. You will find our new episodes streaming there. Uh, You can also, of course, hopefully subscribe to us on iTunes or on the Google Podcast app. Please do. If you are a non-Apple user. And if you have the time, I know it's a little bit of a hassle, but we would appreciate a five-star, and uh, if you would leave us a review, we would really appreciate it. Those do actually really help us as far as getting the podcasts up in, like, search algorithms and stuff. So just, you know, if you just write a little blurb and give us five stars, we'd really appreciate it. No, it's a hassle, but we'd appreciate it. Absolutely. And, uh... Cal, I'll ask you, since I'm kind of steering the shit this week, where can the fine folks interact with us on the interwebs? Well,
0: technically, they could try and interact with us on Facebook, but much like the algorithms that you were talking about before, they work against us. So I don't recommend that. Find us <laughs> if you like to, like us if you want to, um, but it's going to be hard to do so. Uh, you're going to have to find us, because uh, you certainly... and you're going to have to search us out, Correct. because you won't, you won't stumble upon us, that's for sure. Um, and... Uh, but uh beyond that, I would say head over to twitter dot com which is a free website, free website um and uh check out uh, find us at d c a u review that is our little uh, twitter handle there um that's liam you are the dcau twitter guru correct um so you handle the communications of of that find uh, establishment but uh yeah it's a great opportunity chance to give us some feedback let us know uh how, what did you think of this episode what have you thought of, of the justice league episode so far you know are there things that we should uh we should be looking at in the future going forward uh you know if we if we decide to do some Elseworlds stuff in the next couple of months, you know what would you like to hear? Uh, plus, we just love talking fan theories and Absolutely. fan art, and uh, just just talking about uh, this stuff. The community uh, of the DC animated universe is is just so fun to be a part of. We're glad and uh, privileged to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, definitely recommend and make sure to check our pinned
1: tweet at yes. dcaureview.com. We're doing a contest we're giving away the Almost Got 'em Batman the Animated Series board game. So, fun. all you got to do is, is uh go ahead and like and and retweet our pinned tweet at dcaureview and once we reach 250 followers, our lofty goal. We will be uh, asking for the secret word, and Cal, remind our listener what that secret word is. The
0: secret word is Martian. Mm. Martian, yes sir. (laughs) All
1: right, so with all that out of the way, we want to thank you very much for listening. I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. (laughs) And we'll be back next week with another episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.